Ho ho ho! Welcome back to New Rockstars. The Mandalorian season two is ho ho over, leaving us with big old questions as we look ahead to season three, or should we say, um, three to four separate series that the Mandalorian just splintered into. Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays. This is Wookie Leaks, our Mandalorian after show. I'm Eric Voss. Uh, delighted to spend this Christmas day with Tommy Bechtold. Merry Christmas, Mr. Voss. Uh, thank you for your generous gift of five shillings. My family will eat a goose this Christmas. I thought we cut those bonuses. I'll be eating a couple bites of that goose. Uh, but, but my son, Tiny Tommy, he's using those shillings for his medicine. I'll eat the medicine too. I don't need it. Don't care what side effects I get. I just don't like giving. You will be visited by three ghosts tonight. The ghost of Darth Vader, the ghost of Anakin Skywalker, and the, vo- the ghost of Hayden Christensen. <laughs> uh, you know, I just realized that um, the, we're in a Christmas Carol alternate darkest timeline where, um, you know, Ebenezer Scrooge never has a come to Jesus moment. And I realized that alternate timeline is just the story of America. Yeah. <laughs> so true. So true. We, we don't need a patrician society uh, where we look after the needy. Um, they need to pull themselves up by their bootstraps, the way I did yeah, when my dad absolutely. gave me a trust fund to start a business. I'm joking. I don't have a trust fund. I, <laughs> I wish. Oh, and another reminder that you can get New Rockstars exclusive merch at our amazing merch store, NewRockstarsMerch.com or EpicHeroShop.com. Those are the only two actual URLs. If you're going to some other weird site with a different URL, that's not us. That's some scammer who's trying to... Uh, screw you but uh in this case we have good news and bad news we have sold out of this specific um latest obsession custom uh, shirt that we have this is a way going back in the vault that's what made it special however we have new mandalorian designs we actually have a new one that's just a celebration of the mandalorian everything we loved about this season it is up on screen right now thank you john uh so you can get your hands on that newrockstarsmerch.com and yes ho 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 this is coming out on Christmas Day, and uh, if you are like me every Christmas and you got to run back out to the store to get some last-minute shopping, we have a gift card that is available that you can give as a gift to a loved one, uh, and you can do it right away, you know, so that's something that you could just say you had planned on doing the whole time. Hopefully they don't watch the show and know it's a new thing we provided. Again, that is also available for purchase at NewRockStarsMerch.com. And as always, purchases of our shirt uh, had the option of putting in a custom shout-out that we're going to read on uh, on screen. Okay, so what do we got here? Oh, one shout out is from Jared. It said, uh, congrats, Eric, on your engagement. Thank you, Jared. Much appreciated. I feel congratulated. And then <laughs> there's one here from Daniel Munoz that says, new rock stars needs to fill up its world's greatest Voss mug. That is some Michael Scott worthy wordplay, Daniel. Well done, and thanks for getting a shirt. Uh, let's see. Thank you, New Rockstars, for making 2020 more bearable. Allie, Aaron, Penelope, and Declan. Declan? Declan, ah, yes. Declan. Declan. What, am I, what am I saying? Declan. Uh, and, then, uh, and then Merry Christmas, Gavin uh, ah. Placencia. Um, you mean more to dad, mom, Eva, than you will ever know. This is the way. Aw. And a uh, shout out to my amazing girl, Nikki. Merry Christmas to all of you at New Rockstars. This is the way, Scott. Thank you to everyone who has yes. been with us these past two months. What a time. And again, there are still plenty of shirts 
shirts, hoodies, masks, all kinds of great stuff available at NewRockStarsMerch.com, EpicHeroShop.com. Those are the only two URLs. They take you to the same place. Don't go to any other uh, BS shops that are up there. Uh, NewRockStarsMerch.com, EpicHeroShop.com. Uh, go to one of those. There's some scammers out there. Be very careful. Don't don't go to just my personal site. Why? What's on that personal site? Just pictures. Just a lot of pictures. <laughs> oh, oh my god. <laughs> this season of The Mandalorian was one of the best seasons of television uh, I have ever seen. At least when it comes to like nerd content, right? It was a mm-hmm. beautiful balance of fan service. I never thought it could be so great to be a Star Wars fan in the modern era. Uh, and they gave us so much. Tommy, could mm-hmm. you break down for us what happened this season? Whew. Yes, I'll try because so much happened. But let's touch on the major, major events. Lots of good stuff this year. Old friends, new friends, old monsters, new monsters. The monsters that were inside of us the whole time. Uh, episode one saw Mando <laughs> team up with Cobb Vanth and the Tusken Raiders to defeat the Crate Dragon. And gave us the reveal that Boba Fett was alive. He's alive. Alive. In episode two, Mando and the child are joined by my new favorite character, Frog Lady, as they battle terrifying spiders on an icy (laughs) planet. And then they are led off to Trask in episode three, where the Frog Lady is reunited with the Frog Man, baby. And they're going to make some frog babies, as was uh, foretold. And Mando... Meets Bo-Katan and Koska Reeves and another guy who does not ever come back, so we don't need to get <laughs> attached to him. Mando helps them steal an Imperial freighter, and Bo-Katan tells him to find Ahsoka Tano and help him with his quest to reunite the child with a Jedi. Episode 4 deprives us of that moment uh, and reunites Mando <laughs> with Grief and Cara Dune as they destroy a base that they learn is being used as a lab to conduct experiments on the child's blood. Those weird-looking clone things that kind of looked like uh, Supreme Leader Snoke. Uh, mm-hmm. A little bit, I guess. They kind of just look mm-hmm. like cookie dough to me. Uh, Everything looks like the- cookie dough to me. Nom, 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 nom. Oh, boy. It's Christmas time, baby, and I'm a cookie monster. <laughs> nom, 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 nom. Uh, episode five, it's Tano time. Ahsoka tells Mando that Baby Yoda's real name is Grogu, which... I think we as a collective on the internet have handled well. That yes. could have been uh, that could have been a Jar Jar moment, and we instead have embraced Grogu, uh, lightly making fun of it, but for the most part saying, what else were they going to name him? Kyle? Right. <laughs> Doug. Uh, Mr. Jeans. This is my, this is, his real name is Chad. So it's Grogu, and you're just going to have to deal with it. It's always been Grogu. She says <laughs> she will not train him, but she need, but uh, that there is another way he can go to the planet of Tython, where there's an ancient Jedi temple and an even more ancient stone that, that Grogu can sit on, project out, and try and reach another Jedi, although there aren't many left, as she says, and our minds start to race. Who could it be? B. Episode 6 finds Mando face-to-face with Boba Fett and a revived Fennec Shand as they reluctantly team up to take out some stormtroopers before dark troopers emerge and kidnap the child. Episode 7 sees the return of Bill Burr's character Mayfield as he and Mando discover the coordinates for Gideon's cruiser. We also get the reveal of Pedro Pascal's face for an extended amount of time and some great Bill Burr uh there are bad people on all sides logic uh just kidding that leads us to episode eight mando and co rescue grogu defeat moff gideon the dark saber is in flux who has it 
Bo-Katan says, how could you do this to me? You betrayed me by picking up a sword you didn't know the importance of. Moff Gideon is defeated thanks to an assist from Luke freaking Skywalker, who then leaves with Grogu. I know. Ah! Wilhelm scream. Ah! So yes, Luke Skywalker (laughs) is here, and he's going to train Grogu. I've got a bad feeling about this, to quote uh, characters in every Star Wars movie. In the post credit scene, Boba Fett kills Bib Fortuna. Sucks to be you, Bib. And claims Jabba's throne, which can only mean one thing. He gonna put on weight. Because <laughs> uh, that's just what happens when you sit on that throne. Uh, I would like to get on that throne. Uh, yeah. That's it. That's what happened. That's all. Sorry, if that's not enough for you, you're a freaking psychopath. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, what a season! They gave us so many things that we wanted. So many things that we never thought we would see in live action. Uh, I, I, if you had told me last season that we would actually see a DH Mark Hamill, Luke Skywalker kicking ass against dark troopers in a kill box, I would have been yeah. like, yeah, okay, someone's been oh being pretty ambitious with their Christmas wish list, but yeah. no, that's exactly <laughs> what we got. Merry Christmas. No, Tommy. Uh, you mentioned uh, there is some foreboding sense of uh, of what's going to happen next with Grogu, and we we did talk about that a lot last week in our uh, finale recap. This week, as we look ahead to season three of specifically the Mandalorian series, I think the big question is the dark saber. Who is going to claim it? Why is it such a point of contention? Um, and I think we, we talked about this a little bit at the end of last episode. Why can't Bo-Katan just put her pride behind her and claim it? Uh, when she was given the Darksaber by Sabine Wren, she didn't have to fight for it. She was just like, okay, yes, thank you. Thank you. Love it. Oh, this goes great with my armor. It it, it tells us that there is still a lot left to explore in the story of how Bo-Katan lost that saber to Moff Gideon. It was an embarrassment. It was a humiliation. She let down all of the Mandalorians she had united at the end of Rebels. And I think in order to win them back, she needs to have actually claimed that Darksaber. Um, mm-hmm. It's also possible that the Darksaber is not as powerful of a weapon if it is just inherited by someone who doesn't truly win it, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Like, um, maybe it when she tried to wield it uh, after, you know, that Rebels, um, when we last saw her in Rebels, it, like, did not fully work as well for her because she didn't fight to earn it. And that's mm. why Moff Gideon was able to defeat her in battle. Oh. And now she uh, is like, crap, I need to win it now. And that's why she's mm. like, damn it. Like, I didn't mm-hmm. beat him. I asked him to save it for me. Um, and Tommy, I think uh, even though Mando, from his point of view, he doesn't see a problem with this, he did commit a grave error, I think, in that interaction with Moff yeah. Gideon. He said, I don't care about the Darksaber, just give me the kid. That went against what bo asked him to do. Um, mm. And I think that, that he kind of went back on that promise Bo-Katan's going to remember that. And she's like, if you had just let me join you, you insisted on going alone. If you had just let me join you, this wouldn't be a problem. And now we have this coming civil war. I think, Mm -hmm. you know, the Night Owls, the Watch, are very different mindsets. And most of those Watch members, the armor, they're still alive somewhere. And I think they're going to see Mando with that Darksaber and be like, don't you dare give that up right. to Bo-Katan. She screwed sure. over all of our people with her bad leadership. If you let her have a second chance, we're all going to die. 
So mm-hmm. I, I think that's they're going to be tugged back to their opposing corners, and that's going to be yeah. the the coming the third third I think Mandalorian Civil War. There's been a lot of them uh, that I think that's going to define. They're going to try to reclaim this desolate home world uh, mm-hmm. after the Empire ravaged it, turn it to glass. They said, uh, yeah. and they're going to fight over this dead rock and the future of the Mandalorian race. Yeah, I, uh, I, it's interesting, right? Like, uh, in our first meeting with, uh, Bo-Katan in this, uh, on The Mandalorian, she kind of, not sneers, but like, is a little bit condescending about Mando's insistence on wearing his helmet, but she has her own fanatical beliefs, obviously, in, in how to, how you can wield the Darksaber. So it's kind of like, she made it seem yeah. like that, like like Mando was in a cult, but she's in a cult of her own. That's like the dark saber has to be won with this way. I also suspect that they're going to resolve this with like, or or attempt to resolve this with like, there is another way. There'll always be like another way, right? Like they have to get married or something like that, and like they, the saber can be passed between mm-hmm. family or like find a lineage or something. But I don't. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's that old legal rule: you cannot testify with the dark saber against your spouse. Right. So like that doesn't. Right, act, that's the, not but, actually true. They're like, I thought it was. Yeah. Oh come on! But but that is like like obviously like writing has become a little more nuanced, and we take into consideration that like women aren't just like subservient objects as much as the, maybe it was in like the eighties and nineties even. So like, but that you know that if this show was made in the nineties, they would have to get married. That would be the solution for it. it would be like if they're married, <laughs> she can have the dark saber, but only then. And he gets the TV remote you know- on Saturday nights. you know uh tommy what we are now facing potentially is what we kind of wanted the ending of game of thrones to be in that final season you have these uh, a male and a female both worthy of being king of this people Mm -hmm. you have your Jon snow your daenerys targaryen figure right Mm -hmm. and uh game of thrones season eight botched that dynamic it made it so weird and so rushed and clearly didn't spend a lot of time developing that relationship and then they made r2d2 the king <laughs> Just rolling in this guy. <laughs> um, they did mention the droid Gatra in the beginning of the season. Maybe we're going to explore how droids have the right to be rulers. Um, yes. I was one of the dark troopers. That evil Jedi killed my brother. Um, no, no, no. I think uh, we're going to see this relationship between um, Bo- Bo-Katan and uh, Din Djarin and uh, really start them out as people who were allies. But, like, mm-hmm. show what happens, how it works in the real world. Allies can conquer together. It's really hard for those allies right. to have all their interests line up perfectly so they can rule together. It's far more interesting and more realistic to history to show how their the camps that they represent are like, actually, we hate those people. We don't want to share a throne with them. Um, mm-hmm. So I want to see some Game of Thrones action in a good way. In the good, like, season two, three, four of Game of Thrones. Yeah. Let's show these people's feuding camps, turn them against each other, uh, and let's see some politics, some rivalry, uh, because I, I think George Lucas tried to show us those political uh, machinations in the prequels, and it, it wasn't that good. I'd love to see mm. what happens when, like, you have a, a team of good writers trying to explore the Mandalorian politics, which is something that Filoni did a really good job of uh, in the Clone Wars 
um, mm. and in Rebels is how complicated the Mandalorian people are. And when they pitched a Mandalorian series, that's what I kind of assumed we would be exploring, the complex dynamics of Mandalorian culture, how they're divided up in these different clans. They all kind of hate each other. There's lots of civil wars. There's this weird ancient sword that was made by a Mandalorian Jedi. And I think we have this good opportunity to show that conflict. Yes, absolutely. So there are a couple more questions that Tommy and I want to talk about as we head into season three. But first, we want to thank some people who helped us make this episode, starting with our friends at Bespoke Post. So this fall, Bespoke Post has a brand new seasonal box of awesome collections for guys guaranteed to upgrade your life. I recently got a box with a German steel knife and carving fork. I look so cool carving up my Thanksgiving turkey. I felt like Dwight Schrute, uh, and I was so proud of myself. (laughs) They... uh, Bespoke Post has got gear to upgrade your craft beers and cozy threads for cold weather. Bespoke Post only sends guys the best stuff every month. Whatever you're into, Box of Awesome has you covered. Style and grooming goods, barware, outdoor gear. Box of Awesome has collections for every part of your life. They have a snazzy sweater box and another one with a bunch of interesting hot sauces. To get started, here's what you gotta do. Take the quiz at boxofawesome.com. Your answers help them pick the right Box of Awesome for you. They release new boxes every month across different categories. It's free to sign up and you can skip a month or cancel anytime. Each box only costs 45 bucks, but has over $70 worth of gear inside of it. Get 20% off your first monthly box when you sign up at boxofawesome.com and enter the code MANDALORIAN at checkout. That's boxofawesome.com, enter the code MANDALORIAN for 20% off your first box. We also want to thank our friends at Helix Sleep. So sleep can be hard enough when you're staying up way past midnight to watch the latest Mandalorian episode the second it drops. You don't need to make it harder by sleeping on a saggy old mattress. Helix Sleep has a two-minute quiz that matches your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress for you, one built for the way you sleep. They have soft, medium, firm mattresses. Mattresses great for cooling you down if you sleep hot. Even a Helix Plus mattress for plus-size folks. Off-screen producer Zach recently took the quiz and got matched with the Helix Midnight, perfect for a side sleeper in need of some pressure point relief. They ship it right to your door for free, no mattress store needed. They have a 10-year warranty, and you get to try it out for 100 nights risk-free. They even pick it up for you if you don't love it, but you will love it, trust me. Helix was awarded the number one best overall mattress pick of 2020 by GQ and Wired Magazine. Just go to helixsleep.com Mandalorian, take their two-minute sleep quiz, and they'll match you to a customized mattress that will give you the best sleep of your life. Helix is offering up to $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners at Helix Sleep slash Mandalorian. And then our friends at Manscaped. Thank you for sponsoring this episode. Manscaped not only helped us bring this whole season of Wookiee Leaks to you, they helped us make so many pubic hair Star Wars puns. Our parents could not be more proud. You know Manscaped as the world's preeminent source for below-the-belt grooming with their Lawnmower 3.0, the ultimate waterproof and skin-safe body hair trimmer. They're also out there slinging the crop preserver, anti-chafing ball deodorant, and moisture moisturizer pamper your pouch fellas get them moisturized you're not some member of a nikto gang with your lizardy skin drying up out in a tattooing desert you're an adult human whose balls have needs give them what they want throw in some crop preserver ball toner spray and slap on a pair of their anti-chafing performance boxer briefs and let your family jewels feel like actual jewels for once if you didn't get anything nice of this holiday season, it happens. We get it. It's time to treat yourself with a Manscaped Perfect Package. Get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com slash Mandalorian. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com slash Mandalorian. May the force be with your balls. 
Um, <laughs> that, always, that always makes me laugh. I don't know why. May the force, may the force be with your balls. Yeah. Oh, that's great. All right, Tommy, I want to know from you as we head into season three. We talked last mm-hmm. week about that, the fact that we'll probably see Grogu come back on the show, but do you think we'll see Luke Skywalker come back on The Mandalorian? I don't know. I mean, I think I think actually our 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 our, our editing extra, editor extraordinaire John made a good point that like the fact that Mark Hamill was brought in to you know play a, a de-aged Luke Skywalker kind of means that they're not going to recast. You know, they're not the Sebastian Stan fan rumor. Uh, or even just an unknown actor who kind of looks like Mark Hamill, like that's not happening. And I think that just the logistics of like the digital uh, de-aging process, it just seems too complicated. If you're not going to recast, it doesn't look good enough to, to, I think, have the life of a full series or a full season of TV. I think people will, it, it's just not sustainable, I don't think. I mean, I desperately would love a show about Luke Skywalker, you know, trying to restart a new Jedi Order, but... I think, unfortunately, at this point, you need to recast Luke Skywalker for that. And we have to just kind of, in the way that, you know, multiple people can play Batman or multiple people can play Superman. And we accept that it's a new, it's still Superman with the the backstory of Superman and the relationships that Superman and Clark Kent have with the people around them. The new Luke Skywalker will be Luke Skywalker. And I think that that's the only way that he should return, in my opinion. Yeah, I uh, I feel the same way. I, at this point, they've already committed to the pot of Mark Hamill being the face of Luke Skywalker mm-hmm. and either stop telling his story or get it right, you know? Like, yeah. um, I don't want to see a recast of Luke Skywalker. I don't know if we need more of his story. That's why I yeah. think it's so foreboding to see Grogu go with him at the end of the season. Yeah. It's like we look at Luke Skywalker as this amazing character, I love seeing him badass slicing through those dark troopers. But in terms of his mythology, we know where he ends up. We it's it's right. kind of a bummer. They're not going to be yep. able to erase those sequel trilogy films. Um, whatever you felt about Luke's journey, I kind of liked where he ended up in the Last Jedi. Personally, I yep. thought thematically it was pretty cool. Um, especially with the idea of letting the sacred Jedi texts in that old tree burn, I thought was an interesting message. But like, I, there there might be like some one off stories. Maybe like there's another film somewhere in there. There's a limited run series of four episodes that you have Mark Hamill star in. But mm-hmm. uh, in terms of Grogu, he is now headed to a character whose uh, destination is known. And I think Grogu represents so much promise for the future. I think his mm-hmm. story is still unwritten. And I don't want to see him in a grave on Notch 2. You know? Right. Agreed. Agreed. Tommy, let's briefly talk about all the different shows where we're going to be seeing Star Wars stories coming out of this yes. season. So we have Mandalorian Season 3. Uh, that's mm-hmm. We thought it was going to come out sometime in December 2021, though that spot might now be the Book of Boba Fett, which is this new right. spinoff series. I... I assume that to be the fact that it's the book of Boba Fett. Uh, I don't think it's a book; it's it's a show, but it right. it implies like it is the gospel of Boba Fett. It has a beginning, a mm-hmm. middle, and an end. You know, it's right. just telling out right. his story as he like r- he he tries to rid corruption from Tatooine and destroy right. the remnants of uh, the Nikto gang of Jabba's empire, Bib Fortuna's cartel, uh, and he yeah. just like rules. We finally learn what how he got out of the Sarlacc. Uh, so yeah. that's another one. Obviously, we know we have this Ahsoka Tano spinoff um, that mm-hmm. was clearly the the goal of episode uh, five this season, chapter 13. 
of uh, mm-hmm. following Thrawn, which is such a cool yeah. character. And Ahsoka versus Thrawn spinoff sounds awesome. The search for Ezra Bridger will probably have a live action Sabine Wren in there. This sounds like a very cool show. And it's just mm-hmm. going to be following Thrawn's new, um, I think, his new fleet, his new army that he is building under Morgan Elspeth. And uh, mm. hopefully something that is removed from the Empire. I want to see uh, an independent fleet where he's just going, he's switching sides. He has multiple alliances, multiple enemies. Um, he's playing all sides of this war. Um, yes. And then potentially um, a new, well, we also have Bad Batch. We have a couple, we have a Lando series. Um, mm-hmm. We have the Acolyte, you know. But I, we might see a mini series that just follows Grogu and Luke and a prequel mm-hmm. series to The Force Awakens, you know, showing the rise mm-hmm. of the of the First Order. Um but I guess my question to you, Tommy, is do you think the Mandalorian will carry that burden of connecting the dots to the sequel trilogy, The Rise of the First Order, The Sith Eternal, all that stuff, Palpatine, Snoke? Or do you think one of these other series is going to do it? Uh, I mean, I of the things that we... Of the three that we know are happening, it certainly makes the most sense for the Mandalorian. Boba Fett's not going to do that, I don't think. Ahsoka Tano seems to be so Definitely not. singularly focused on Thrawn and that. I feel like it has yeah. to be the Mandalorian, but I, I don't... I mean, like, I I just think it's it's tricky to do a prequel series or a series about but pre-Force Awakens that it would introduce Ben Solo. Like, I, obviously, I think people would like that, because the, obviously the Ben Solo character is so heavily debated on the internet and like, you know, his people are, you know, there are, there are crazy fans that are devastated that he died at the end of uh last sky or rise of Skywalker and all those things. I just don't know, like outside of it being like a CW, like school series, like how interesting is it going to be to have like young, young Jedi, uh, young, young Skywalker apprentices, you know what I mean? Like, especially when we already know, how yeah. it ends up like so much of it what's interesting about the mandalorian is is, is is it's it shows how huge the galaxy is right like these things are all happening concurrently mm-hmm. or within decades of each other but these characters don't know of each other in, until they have chance running so it's not like i mean the, the beginning of of, yeah. of the mandalorian he didn't even think jedis were real so you know or at least right. existed he, he thought it was all myth yeah. or, or legend so I assume it will be. I, I assume the Mandalorian will always be the flagship show of these Star Wars TV shows. So it will. The burden will fall on them to do major connecting between all of the properties. But I just don't. I just don't know. I. I. I, I think. I think there's so much new Star Wars stuff coming out that I. I it's hard to really speculate until we start seeing them actually be released on on, on what direction they're going to take. But we will yeah. try. We will speculate. That's all yes. we will do on New Rock Stars. That's right. Uh, oh, yes. You bring up an interesting point about the sequel trilogy. If you were to ask me, I don't know, a year or two ago, I would have said, please give us a Knights of Ren spinoff series. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. Rise of Skywalker, Last Jedi didn't give us any answers on what that group was. The Knights of Ren right. showed up in the Rise of Skywalker, but still no answers on what the hell they were all about, other than right. they were just Kylo Ren's friends as they broke away. Right. I, unfortunately, I think Adam Driver might be too big of a star. They're gonna have to pay him yeah. a shit ton of mm-hmm. money if they were to make a Knights of Ren series. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of people would be like, "No, I'm sorry. The way they they followed uh, the way they did the character development on Kylo Ren and Rise of Skywalker, I'm just I can't. Like, I can't. Yeah. I'm not interested in this character anymore. I don't know, Tommy. Part of me is like, okay, you introduced uh, some 
some hints of how the uh, cloning is being set up for the Sith Eternal for the for Snoke. If mm-hmm. they never bring up cloning again, I'm kind of okay with that. <laughs> I, yeah, it's I'm so uninterested. Uh, uh-huh. In uh, I mean, Camino with the, with the clone troopers, I think is pretty cool. But like, to I don't want to see how Snoke gets formed. It's it's like at the bottom of my list of things I give a shit about in Star Wars. And obviously, mm-hmm. they're gonna do something with uh, with Grogu's blood. You're probably gonna see more with Doctor Pershing and Moff Gideon and what they're really planning. But I mm-hmm. hope, I hope, I hope this is not the main mystery of the series. Um, yeah. Just because I think there are bigger, cooler fish to fry. There are always bigger yeah. fish in Star Wars, as yeah. Qui-Gon told us. Follow those bigger fish, please. Yes. But here is an example of one of those bigger fish I would like to explore. Um, not necessarily cloning, but basically the flaws and the corruption in the New Republic. And that is kind of what I think is the deeper meaning of season two. This kind of uh, through line that I think they they hinted at from the very beginning, right? There was graffiti on Gore Koresh's club town that said Alderaan, never forget kind of stuff. And Alderaan mm. kept coming up again mm. and again. Almost every episode had an Alderaan mention. And I think the reason it was brought up so much is uh, it was kind of in contrast with these Imperial characters, this attempt mm-hmm. to humanize them, or at least allow these characters to voice their certain points of view. Uh, and we talked about with Cara Dune how she was, you know, one of the few survivors from Alderaan, and how that affected the psychology of both sides of the conflict. For the Rebels in the New Republic, obviously, Alderaan is like a never-forget war crime that they kind of use to justify their own extreme responses. For the Imperials, mm. like Valen Hess on Morak, or that Imperial pilot in the season finale, uh, they view the Rebels as chaotic terrorists uh headaches that just get in the way of order in the galaxy but i will say the series is very careful not to draw an equal moral equivalence right like when migs mayfeld tries to do that in chapter 15 by the end of the episode he's like no 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 he shoots valen hess he, he recognizes that the empire is far more evil he blows up all the rhydonium but instead the new republic i would say are victims of learning the wrong lessons from the galactic civil war They are so stung over Alderaan and everything else that happened that they view its destruction as this ultimate evil that everyone in the galaxy must, must, must see as this objective evil war crime. uh, Evidence of how the Empire is an absolute evil that everyone will agree with them on. But the truth is, we talk about this a lot, a lot of people in the galaxy probably didn't really care. Like most people, think about it, most people in your everyday life, most people in this country, around the world, are not driven by political causes. They tune out mm-hmm. to that stuff. They just yeah. want to get through the day. They yeah. don't want to die. They don't want to starve. They don't want to get enslaved. They don't want to mm-hmm. be like exploited or they right. you know, they want to have a healthy family, uh their own health. That's what they're focused on. Um but the rebels are all politics all the time. Um mm-hmm. there is some division in within the rebel ranks, which I think is interesting to explore in things like rebels. Um, but uh, by the end of the Galactic Civil War, and as a New Republic forms, they are lockstep in agreement on what their political motivations are. They kind mm. of assume that God is on their side, or at least the Force is on their side, because it kind of was on their side in a lot of those battles. Uh, without mm-hmm. the Force, Luke probably would not have been able to blow the Death Star. Um, and I think the Rebel Alliance assumed that once the Empire was defeated there would be this galaxy-wide celebration, which there was. We saw that in the closing montage of Return of the Jedi, but that the whole galaxy, that 
every the the four or five planets that we saw represented every planet in the galaxy and that it would represent a permanent vanquishing of the empire's ideals in the same way that in our own history we believe the the defeat of the nazis in world war ii uh represented a permanent erasure of fascism from the face of the earth but as Mm. we've learned in history that was not the case uh those dark forces fascism they don't go extinct they just retreat to the shadows and they transform Mm. they regroup they rally they gain new followers they learn how to be more discreet and they return worse than ever so Mm. i think this season of the mandalorian exposed that blind spot so like when that imperial pilot that asshole was saying oh i see that tear well i had friends on the death star and she Mm -hmm. shoots them in the freaking face um (laughs) kira dune Absolutely morally justified. That guy was a dick. He was a war criminal. And whatever, you know, friends he lost on the Death Star, they were just going to blow up more planets. They needed to go. But Cara Dune missed the opportunity to learn why so many Imperial loyalists continue to serve that cause. And, you know, I would say maybe Cara Dune, as Marshal of Navarro, maybe never needs to learn that lesson. But someone needs to learn it in the New Republic um ultimately tommy i assume fewer than will because in the force awakens they all get blown up by the first order good point forgot about that so if the if the mandalorian wants to continue to explore how uh politics and how that kind of crap can blind us to what normal people need and want whether it's through the mandalorian civil war or through the inner conflicts of the new republic um and and show the realistic way that works, not the kind of like the way in the prequels it was kind of weirdly sterile, um, mm. but like the real nasty way politics can get, the way the early seasons of the Game of Thrones did, this could be a mm. really, really cool show that reflects human nature in a way Star Wars has never done before. Yeah, I agree. That would be uh, far more interesting. I think the answers are... Are in that or if the future? I think of Star Wars storytelling. I think lies either in 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 doing that, in 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 relating it more to the human experience, and stopping trying to, you know, create like you said a sterile experience, or going into the future of that saga. What what happens after Ray defeats Palpatine? You know, like what is the world? What is the galaxy like then? We're basically resetting once again, mm-hmm. and in there, there is opportunity to create new you know, heroes and villains that, that that don't have this predestination that everything else is kind of bound to in these current shows, you know, where we kind of know where the the, the universe is headed. So to me, uh, I love this yeah. season of Mandalorian. I love both seasons. I thought they were both home runs, but uh, I, I'm interested. I, I'm interested and in, in skeptical as to how they'll, they'll land season three, but excited for it at the same time. Me too. I uh, season three can't come soon enough. Uh, what yeah. a great time to be a Star Wars fan! It feels like oh, yes. the ship is in good hands. Yes. Uh, I'm not um, a Lucas hater. Obviously, he's one of my favorite filmmakers, and he's created yeah. all this beautiful stuff. And if you talk to him about his vision for these things, the guy gets it. He's like an understand of right. good space fantasy, good sci-fi, good mythology. Yeah. Uh, so it's not like when you take Star Wars away from him, then it gets good. We saw that wasn't true with the sequel trilogy, necessarily. Um, mm-hmm. So the way it was shot, all those sequel trilogy films looked beautiful. Obviously, J.J. Abrams, Ryan Johnson, beautiful. They know where to put a camera. Uh, they know how to mm-hmm. create a beautiful image. Um, but in terms of the mythology, the world building, Dave Filoni is the guy. John Favreau yes. is the guy. Like, 
yep. put Dave Filoni in charge of more stuff on Star Wars. And they are mm-hmm. doing that. They get that. And that's why everything is so great right now. But that is a wrap on Wookiee Leaks Woo! for 2020. What a season. Uh, personally, Tommy, I never thought I would be fluent in Oribesh, but uh, here we are. Um, it's been such a blast nerding out with you, buddy. I look forward to doing it a lot more in 2021 as movies and TV come back from the dead. <laughs> yes, Eric, you know, thank Farrick. I never thought I would be so attached to these uh these cute little uh, Star Wars colloquialisms, but then again, you can't hit the backside of a glove nab if you're not looking out for your trigger knob, okay? So just remember that. <laughs> and, uh, am I wrong, or did Cara Dune have like six of those in the finale? I know it's too late to bring that up now. Oh, she, she really did. <laughs> Which, we, we know she just completely bullshitted one of them, and everyone's just like, Maybe yeah, that's an Alderaan thing. That's the slime lack um, calling the Gliz Lord Blangin. <laughs> Oh boy. Uh, this sounds it's becoming a lusty horde improv show. <laughs> it is <laughs> Yes. Oh my god, you're so right. <laughs> All right, sorry. Anyway, Eric, I had a great time um, doing hey. this show with you as always. Yeah, me too, buddy. Follow me, everybody at EA Voss. Follow Tommy at Tommy Bechtold on social media. Be sure to subscribe to New Rockstars here on YouTube. Follow New Rockstars on social media. Um, stay subscribed to the WikiLeaks podcast feed wherever you get your podcasts because there's more Star Wars shows coming out. We'll use that feed to break down whatever new Star Wars series that we're going to do after shows for. So stick around. Mm-hmm. There's more great stuff coming. Um, Merry Christmas. Happy Holidays. Everyone have a safe and happy holiday and a new year. Um, we love all of you. We don't want anyone to get sick. It's a difficult time right now, but it's a great time to stay indoors and watch some wonderful mm-hmm. Star Wars content. Uh, yes. And we're going to leave you with the most Christmassy Grogu moment of the season. How about you come over here? Give me a hand. Make yourself useful. 